welcome back everyone to the podcast in the woods um thank you so much for your uh views last episode we had way more views than we thought that we would get at all pretty much i think we got maybe 14 more views than we <laughs> thought we'd get uh we have 15 views on the video as of today so we were expecting one view <laughs> I'm Charlie Louise, and this is my co-host, Marie Nibby. Hello. And uh, today we have a special sort of episode in the sense that uh, this movie that we're going to be talking about is, it means a lot to me, and Marie had only just watched it a couple of days ago uh, for the first time. <laughs> um took me too long to and watch it. And before we tell you which film, it took you, it took you way too long. Yeah, actually, I'm actually a little upset that it took me this long to watch it. I'm like, wow. Like, I went all these years while watching this movie. <laughs> um, so before, um, before we start, uh, me and Marie would like to give some warnings to this episode. Uh... One of which, um, for my end, definitely is that uh, we will be talking about some serial killers at the end, and if that isn't your thing, um, although we won't be going into massive detail about what these killers have done, uh, we will be mentioning their names, and we don't want to offend anyone um, by doing that. But also, um, this film does talk about uh, transsexualism, um, or just being transsexual, um, and in kind of a way that hints that someone is killing people because he, they would like to be trans. Um, so we would just like to give that warning before we start to anyone who would possibly be triggered by that, or just in general be upset. Because we don't want people to be upset. We want people to be happy. Um, so yeah. Before we really dive into the episode, I'm going to read an introduction to a book of the film, which was written way before the film was ever made. Um, and yeah, it it's a good way to start the episode to really understand the mindset of the writer who wrote the fantastic book that... Um, eventually became one of my favourite films of all times. So, here we go. Once upon a time, an Argosy magazine asked me to go to Nuevo Leon State Prison in Mont Monterrey, Mexico, to interview an American under the death sentence for killing three young people. I was 23 years old, and I thought that covering a police beat in Texas had taught me all about the world. The prisoner was Dykes Askew Simmons, a former mental patient. When I sized him up, I saw a, a white male, mid-thirties, about 5 foot 11, 175 pounds, grey and hazel. Distin distinguishing marks, a bad Z-plasty repairing a cleft pat lip and small scars on his head. He had the eyes of a fierce turtle. These he covered most of the time with a black pair of black sunglasses. Simmons introduced me to some of his fellow inmates. One of the court officials from his trial, now imprisoned for looting on an estate, 
and a news photographer who had who was locked up for talk, taking wrist watches from the dead and injured at an automobile wreck. The photographer pulled up his sleeves to show the five watches he was wearing and offered me a good price on a bulova with a stained band. Simmons also introduced me to his wife, a good-looking nurse from Ohio who married him after he went to prison. They were allowed a conjugal visits on Saturday nights and had blankets to hang over the front of the cell for privacy. The woman was pleasant and restful to see, an oasis in that place. Simmons had tried to escape a year or so earlier, bribing a guard to leave the door unlocked and provide him with a pistol. Simmons handed over the money and approached the forbidden door to find himself betrayed and the door still locked. The guard stuffed the money in his pants and shot Simmons down. He lay bleeding heavily into the cracked dirt. He did not bleed out because a very skilled prison doctor saved him. When I asked about Simmons's medical treatment, the warden unlocked the prison medical office and introduced me to the doctor. Dr Sal- Salazar was a small, leaf man with dark red hair. He stood very still and there was a certain elegance about him. He invited me to sit. The furniture was spare. We sat on stools. A cabinet against the wall held labelled jars. There were a few instruments, needle and thread, a steriliser, banded scissors with a blunt tips and, curiously, a speculum. The doctor answered my questions about the gunshot wounds and how he'd staunched the bleeding. Dr Salazar made the steeple with his fingers beneath his chin and looked at me. Mr Harris, how did you feel when you looked at Simmons? I was trying to see if he fit any eyewitness descriptions of the killer. Did you allow yourself to Im- yourself an impression beyond that? Not really. Was he responsive to your questions? Well, yes, but I couldn't tell much. He's got pretty thick skin. He's got his answers down pat. Pat answers to questions he expects. Was he wearing his sunglasses in the cell? Yes. Dim in there, isn't it? Yes. Why do you think he wore sunglasses? Maybe to hide a little bit. Would you say the sunglasses add an element of symmetry to his face? Improve his appearance? I didn't really think about it, Doctor. He looks like he's been beat up a lot around his head. Dr Salazar closed his eyes, perhaps seeking patience, and opened them again. Dr Salazar's eyes were maroon, with a grainy sparks like sunstones. Did he turn his face askance when he talked to you? About ten degrees to the left? Maybe he looked away. People do that. Do you think Simmons is ugly? That's not very good job on his lip, is it? No. Will you be seeing Simmons again, Mr Harris? I think so. They're going to let us take some pictures out in the compound with his car. Do you have sunglasses with you, Mr Harris? Yes. May I suggest that when you question him, you do not wear them? Why? Because he can see his reflection in them. Do you think that Simmons was tormented by the school playground because he was disfigured? Probably. It's customary. The doctor seemed amused. Yes, customary. Have you seen pictures of the victims, the two young women and their little brother? Yes. Would you say they were attractive youngsters? They were. 
nice-looking young people from a good family. Good manners, I'm told. You're not saying they provoked him? Certainly not, but early torment makes torment easily imagined. He looked up at me, and his countenance changed, seemed to pop wider like a mouth flashing the hour face printed on its wings. You're a journalist, Mr Harris. How would you put that in your journal? How would you treat the fear of torment in journalese? Might you say something snappy about the torment, like it puts the hell in hello? At this point, the guard rapped on the door and stuck his head in. Doctor, the patients are here. Dr Salazar rose. You'll have to excuse me, he said. I thanked the doctor and invited him to call me if he were, he were ever travelling in Texas. We'd have a drink, lunch, something. Looking back, I cannot recall any trace of irony in his reply. Thank you, Mr Harris. Certainly, I will when I next travel. In the prison corridor outside his office, two guards and a nursing sister from nearby convent waited with a small group of townspeople. They were both men and women in pressed work clothes and whoratches, well scrubbed for their doctor visit. They were patients from outside, people from the neighbourhood whom the doctor treated for free. The warden walked me out, I thanked him for his time, and I and said I appreciated the doctor's help. I asked how long Dr Salazar had worked there. Hombre, you don't know who that is? No, we talked about Simmons. The warden turned me on the steps. The doctor is a murderer. As a surgeon, he could package his victims in surprisingly small boxes. He will never leave this place. He is insane. Insane? I see patients going into his office. The warden shrugged and spread his open hands. He is not insane with the poor. I went home and wrote my article, bo article about Dyke Simmons. Way ran on to way. I covered crimes in other parts of Mexico, and I did not see the doctor again. Meanwhile, Simmons's wife announced her pregnancy. As the weeks went by, she expected little by little. Sometime in the third trimester, there was a con conjugal visit on the Saturday, the day the nursing sisters came from the convent to take care of ill prisoners. Simmons's wife bade him a, a fond farewell as the day drew to a close. When the nursing sisters came to the prison earlier in the day, they numbered twelve. Thirteen left at day's end. One of them was Dykes Simmons, who wore a nun's habit and shoes his wife had smuggled under her maternity dress. Simmons fled back to Texas. A few months later, he was found dead in a car fort worth after, an, after a fight. Dr Salazar served 20 years in prison. When he was released, he went to the poorest barrio in Monterey to serve an aged and the poor. His name was not Salazar. I, left, I leave him in peace. Many years later, I was trying to write my, a novel. My detective needed to talk to somebody a particular understanding of the criminal mind. Lost in a tunnel of work, I plodded along behind my detective when he went to the Baltimore State Hospital for the criminally insane to consult with an inmate. Who do you suppose was waiting in the cell? It was not Dr Salazar. Because, but because of Dr Salazar, I could recognise his colleague and fellow practitioner, Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Ooh. <laughs> so I love that introduction. And if you didn't get that already from that name at the end, <laughs> the film we're going to be talking about today <laughs> is 
is The Silence of the Lambs, um, the book being originally written by Thomas Harris. Um, God, I love this film. What did you think of it, Marie? I I really enjoyed it. Like, again, like I said, I'm like a little like salty that it took me so long to like watch it. But like it was it's always been on my list to watch. I just never got around to like watching it until now. Um, but I really enjoyed it and stuff. Um, I didn't know that it took place in Baltimore. And so, so when I first saw that on the screen, I was like, oh, <laughs> So Baltimore. <laughs> yeah, like I was like surprised. I was like, oh, it, it takes place here. Um But I I looked it up. It's I like the hospital it doesn't exist though, so it's that's not real. Um mm. But uh yeah, like I also before watching this movie, I for some reason thought Hannibal was real or like like I thought like his person was real, but they just changed the name. And stuff, but mm. he is not real either. <laughs> He's just like based on the um, <laughs> the guy from uh, that you just talked about. So, mm-hmm. overall, yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty um, good movie. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's my favorite movie of all time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so shall we start from the beginning and kind of go through the film and talk about the film, what we liked about it, and maybe what we didn't like about it. Um, does that sound good with you? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. So, I just want to start out, it's one of my favourite opening scenes of all time. Um, just seeing Jodie Foster do some sweaty FBI training is my favourite thing. <laughs> it's like I have no comment on that. <laughs> but yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, and apparently, I can't, I can't remember if this is true or not, but apparently in real life she did those stunts, um, especially with the rope bit where she kind of flung herself over. Oh, I, I would have been tired. Like, like, she just kind of... <laughs> they would have did like five or, you know, ten takes for me for that one. Because I was like, oof, that's like one push-up makes me tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I love that opening scene. And then she's just like... Crawford wants to see me? Oh my god, I'm gonna go run to his office. <laughs> I love the fact that she has the energy to be able to run to his office. Yeah, I would took my time because I'm tired. I was like, I will get there when I get there. He's gonna be waiting a bit. <laughs> you just go in like completely sweating, just like she was so sweaty though. She was so sweaty. Um what did, I like the bit where um, where she's walking through the offices and there's actually like a panning shot behind her. And um, I really like it because for 1991, that was like a really smooth panning shot of just following someone. Mm-hmm. And I just, I love that. I love that shot so much. It's probably one of my favourites. Um, but yeah, I love that one. What did you think of that open scene? Because it gives you a lot of information about like the place, especially that if you noticed when she's like walking through the offices, there's only a few women that aren't like secretaries. Like they're obviously in pretty just normal clothes and they're obviously like secretaries. And there she is in her FBI kind of training gear and she's just walking through like, 
I'm an FBI agent in training. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I noticed I just that. that was really yeah. interesting. Yeah, it was really interesting. Um, especially for that time, especially for the time that the book was written. Um, I suppose female FBI agents weren't that common at all. Um, so it was nice to see just that. I love that scene because it's just like, it's like Crawford could have called upon any other women in the FBI training thing and he chose Clarice and it's just like, Clarice is obviously an eager girl to do well as an FBI agent so it's just, it's really nice to see that she, um, you know, is being seen by someone quite high up and then obviously as she's walking through the offices people kind of accept that because like, I was, a, when I first watched it and I heard it was like, originally the book was like written and I think like, I want to say late 80s. Mm. Um, I was expecting like more people to look at her like, oh my God, she's a girl. She shouldn't be as sweaty like that. <laughs> so I was expecting more prying eyes. So she just worked out. Like she's not going to be like, you know, face full of makeup, you know, and everything glistening and stuff. It's like, no, she's sweaty. <laughs> she's sweaty. She's glistening with sweat. <laughs> she's glistening with sweat, not necessarily glistening with highlighter. Um. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I, so like after she met with like uh, Crawford and stuff and she like went to the the hospital the um the guy she met with there I was like this guy's like really creepy because like I don't know, it was like I guess like he was surprised that they sent like a, a woman FBI agent and stuff and he was just like mm. he's like we often like we get a lot of detectives here but like I can't re even remember it one as attractive like as you and it's like uh, I'm here to do my job sir he is like doctor <laughs> it's like I just want to do he my job he is Dr. Creepzoid yeah I thought that was just really weird I was like I'm here to do my job and I don't got time to sit here and talk to you because he was like uh, at, like, if you need someone to show you around and stuff like you know hit me up and it's like no <laughs> just show me where uh, show me where I need to go and stop talking yeah I, I, I love that first interaction because I suppose that kind of sets the whole tone of slightly later on in the next couple of scenes because we'll get to it but obviously what is said between the two characters later on um but i love the um the scene of the stairs you know the red st i call it the red stairs scene where it's just red light mm. and then um they're like walking down and i love that scene because i remember in my film studies class when I did it for my A-levels, uh, my teacher said it, they literally would have done that scene with the red light to symbolise the dangers that Clarice is about to endure through the whole film and not just in the next scene like they were just like this girl is going to go through some shit <laughs> yeah, <I see>. yeah. <laughs> like, like uh, she's about to just enter this weird life that she didn't think that she was about to enter and um i really love that scene especially when he's like talking about 
the nurse that Hannibal, uh, you know, bit the tongue of. And yeah. Apparently completely fucked up her jaw or, or something. Yeah, they were um, like, um, yeah, because they told her, they told her like, uh, um, like you shouldn't like get near him, like especially his like face or something. Because, like, the last person that did it, which was the nurse, he, like, ate her face and, like, he was like, oh, we, um, he's like, we kind of somewhat reset her jaw and then we managed to save one eye and then he ate her tongue and stuff. But, like, they were like, but it was weird because yeah. they were like, he was chill the whole time. Like, his pulse never went over, like, 85. And I'm like, yo, this man. <laughs> Just chilling, eating a Just person's face like it's nothing. Yeah, it's. I think that's also then. Again, my film studies teacher, and he, he kind of. I remember because he like paused the film, and he was like, "Right, so." Just keep an eye on the next film, uh, the next scene, and how they kind of show, the reveal of Hannibal Lecter, like just watch him because you hear this horrible story about him like oh he really hurt this nurse this nurse is going to be disfigured for the rest of her life and so like he then played it and the next scene was the bit where she was in the dark like the, the dark hallway with the three other serial killers and Hannibal and Hannibal was at the end if you looked at the scene it was all dark and then his area was all lit and like my film studies teacher was saying you could see it two different ways. Is it the light at the end of the tunnel or is it the, is it highlighting the dangers you're about to go to? And I just thought that was really, really interesting that. And, um, and then also it's kind of like saying, look at this really kind of elegant man that you're about to see that is Hannibal Lecter. He's, you know, got a white light over him, which kind of symbolizes innocence and but is he an innocent person no he is not but in any sizes of the word and it kind of confuses the audience because they're i think from what dr chilton was saying like um oh he he bit her tongue out and everything like that you were expecting this rampant animal like this horrific person that could do that to someone you think they're crazed you think they're really visibly disturbed but when you actually meet him he is this just this old man and like very and I just polite that. like yeah. I don't know like, it was just something like how the way he like talked like it was very like polite kind of and everything like it was like he had like this calming voice and I, I don't know I kind of liked the way he talked Cause I was like, oh, like you, I don't know. I was ex- like you said, I was expecting. Um, Cause again, never seen his movie. I never saw the other ones, so I I never knew like how he was going to talk in these films. But like, I was expecting like maybe like raspy or like you know very kind of angry or something. But he was like very polite, like calm and like spoken and everything. And I was like, oh yeah, I lo- I love that scene. <laughs> I just love it. Um, for that reason I think you know because I think the first time I watched it I was expecting this I was, I was expecting more of a person like Migs like the guy from his next cell mm-hmm. oh like someone yeah know. like yelling when, and stuff yeah 
Yeah, I was expecting a person like that the first time I watched it. And then when it revealed him, I was like, uh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not who I was expecting. Yeah. But um, fun fact, though, that scene between Clarice and um, uh, Hannibal, that was the first time that Jodie Foster and uh, Anthony Hopkins apparently first met on set. So uh, she just kind of walked in, because I think... I think I, re- I read this somewhere a few years ago. Anthony Hopkins was like, yeah, I wanted her to be scared of me. And I didn't think she could do that if she'd already met me as me, like as Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he like deliberately did not go to meet her, like refused to meet her. And then on the set, she like met him on that particular scene. And apparently she was just petrified of him and I was like god you can feel that though you can feel that in that scene that Clarice is absolutely petrified of him and doesn't really know what to make of him and I just love that I just oh so good yeah like um (laughs) in that scene uh when they started talking I don't I really out of the whole movie I really like the line where um where she was like talking to him about like serial killers and how they have trophies of their victims and then she told them she was like oh like most you know serial killers like keep like a some sort of trophy from their victims and he's like oh well I didn't have any and she's like no it's because you ate them and I thought I don't know I thought that was kind of like funny a little bit because it's like no you, you didn't have them you <laughs> yeah, ate no, them it, it that's why it's quite funny but I think that's the whole point she's being sarcastic to him Mm-hmm. Uh, because um, at that point she had kind of disappointed him by making a joke and and stuff like that and then she was like well you can either answer it the questionnaire or you don't have to like it's up to you so he obviously was just a bit annoyed with her and so when he when he made when she made that comment I think he was just like I'm a, I'm about I'm about to read you. <laughs> I'm about to read you like you've never been read before. <laughs> Cause then they say I like love, I love that next. I was like, didn't they say like the people in the past they sent to talk to him like he just didn't want to talk or he just never said anything to them? Yeah, he he, he apparently. Uh, I think in the book, uh, they she is told by uh, Crawford that the person, the last person he sent in, he made an origami out of the questionnaire and gave it back to him. (laughs) Or something like that. (laughs) He apparently just sat there making this origami and then just gave it back to the the FBI agent. Just like, there you go. (laughs) So, question. So, was... Well, I don't... In the book, um, the... Uh, Clarice like exists in the book, or was it, or was it someone else? It was Clarice. Oh, okay, so, um, is she the only like woman that they sent in, or like I believe so. Yeah. Oh, okay, because I was like maybe I don't. Know, part of me was like maybe he's like kind of talking to her because like you know they sent all these guys and they probably was maybe 
aggressive towards him or like rude and he probably like was like I don't want to talk to you but then she comes in and she's kind of like well you like I don't know it seems like maybe I, I if I can't remember right um she was kind of like you can answer or you're not like I like I don't know she came like I guess like I don't know if I'm picturing this right but like came off like this vibe where like I don't I guess don't have time but like I like if you want to you know fill it out go ahead but like I'm just going to dip if you don't you know fill out and stuff yeah I think from that scene it was more the fact uh he had already you know said the other FBI agents that Crawford had sent you know he he hadn't really complied with them and that's when she was just kind of like well you can either do it or you can't and whatever yeah like, <laughs> like, like I don't have time like do what you want if you yeah. don't fill it out I'm gone mm-hmm so I feel like maybe that's what yeah, he liked about exactly. her. It was like, oh, like, mm. she's, like, telling me, like, I don't really care if you feel it or not. Like, I'm going to leave. And, like, while probably the other texts were like, I'm not leaving until you do something. Mm. And so he's probably like, oh, I'll also, do something. Here's um, a origami gift that I did something. <laughs> um, I think also uh, it's because she was polite. She, you know, was courteous, you know. She introduced herself properly. She let him talk. Like he said, oh, you were doing fine. You're being courteous. You you opened up about the embarrassing truth about Miggs. You know, when Miggs said, can I, I can smell your cunt. Um, and then he was like, oh, but you, you use Evian skin cream. And sometimes you wear Oedleton. And he goes, but not today. And he was like, you were being like receptive to that. You were being, uh, you were being courteous to that. And then when she was... Like, <laughs> maybe then you can lend us your view. Um, he was like, oh, you were doing so well. You're doing so good. <laughs> and then you fucked it up. <laughs> like, <laughs> And I think, but because she was being polite, he found that quite interesting. And and I, it's, it's like, kind of just quickly, it's kind of like what she says near the end of the film, he would consider that rude. He's a very polite, driven man if, as a person, he doesn't like people being impolite. So that kind of makes sense that he likes her because she was being quite polite. And although sassy, <laughs> she was being polite. But, but yeah, I, no. I love that monologue. I love that monologue that Hannibal does. You know, that you know, um, the the sticky sticky thumbings in the back seat of cars. You know, when he was like kind of reading her. Oh yeah, um, uh, yeah. I love that. I love that scene. I just love it. And then you could get out, getting anywhere, all the way to the FB. And then she's like, maybe you can do that to yourself. <laughs> maybe read yourself, doctor. And then he was just like. You can leave now. <laughs> like, oh. It's like, touche, bitch. Now leave. <laughs> so, like, I noticed, like, after, when she, after she left was speaking with him, she was, like, doing, like, I guess, like, her own research. And she was looking up, um, like, news article clippings and stuff of, like, uh, I guess, like, things he's, he's done. And I like caught one. I had to pause it, and I caught it where he it said that um, 
he like a, had friends over and apparently he cooked victims into like gourmet meals and fed it to his friends and I was like yo I was like this man yeah and that is kind of an easter egg to Red Dragon which is the one prior to Science of the Lambs oh okay which I've never seen either <laughs> you need to I would actually I would say that's probably one of my favorite ones um because one, it's a different detective. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, Will Graham. Um, and... Oh, like from the show, Will Graham. Like it's not the same actor, yeah, but like but... it's like the same character. Yeah, same character, but they kind of fuck him up in Hannibal. I'm not gonna lie. Um, oh, the show. <laughs> they completely do him. The show is just. That sh- we we can talk about the show another time because that show is a bloody mess. <laughs> yeah, I saw like two it's episodes. It's just a mess. And I, all I, it. It, it's oh, it. They completely screw up. I feel Will Graham, his character completely. But um, but yeah, that that newspaper clipping I believe is a Easter egg to the scene in Red Dragon. Uh, where he is kind of friends with like an orchestra. He's like mm. a, a friend of the orchestras, and he hosts like a dinner party every year for them. And I think he kills someone out of the orchestra every year that he thinks isn't as a good a player as they should be, and then he serves them to the orchestras. <laughs> well. So they're all there, just like sipping champagne, having a um, a, like a what he says is a is a like a steak or something, and they're just like, oh, this guy, we should do a toast to this guy, and Hannibal's just there, like, <laughs> like <laughs> just like, shilling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, I I I like that scene. I. I like every scene. I'm just going to keep saying that through the whole episode, by the way. It's just, I love this scene. <laughs> I just love it so much. Because I just love this film. Um, but can we just talk about... How does anyone swallow their own tongue? Oh, the mix? Are you talking about... Yeah. Okay, I... So, like, when when they told... I think they told Clarice, right? That, like, yeah, like, he had died. Um... Because they said, like, Hannibal said something to him. And I th- I thought, like, for me, I thought that, like, that Hannibal only talked to Migs because, like, when Clarice was, like, um, leaving after interviewing him, Migs, like, threw, like, his bodily fluids at her. And I felt that, like, Hannibal was probably, like, mad at Migs for doing that. And so he, like, that, yeah. taunted him yeah. into, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. killing himself. Because he was like, how dare you, like, do that? to her you know only i can mess with her i think that is the point um because i think when basically yeah mix is basically masturbating and he throws his semen at at clarice um and hannibal calls her back and just says that sort of behavior is completely ugly to me it's ugly to me and so that's when he like gives her the information and she leaves and I feel like it was a retaliation. Like, how dare you be that disrespectful? But also, I, I'm the only one that can talk to Clarice in a weird way. 
mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm the one who can do this like you say it's like no I'm the one who's gonna fuck up her life not you <laughs> yeah yeah I thought <laughs> like, I don't know I yeah like I, ca- I caught on to that yeah definitely um but how does someone swallow their own tongue I was wondering do you think he pushed his tongue down his own throat Oh, like, Hannibal told him to do it? Like, actually, the physicality of swallowing your own tongue. Yeah, I I don't know how, I don't know how, like, like, because I've heard people say that, like, yeah, you know, like, you can swallow your own tongue, and I'm like, how is that possible? Like, I've never, I've never looked up, like, an explanation on how that's possible. So, I mean, maybe later. I, I thought maybe, I thought maybe he pushed his tongue down his throat. Like, Migs pushed his own tongue down his throat. Mm Mm-hmm. I thought maybe that, I don't know, there probably is, like, a way you can do it. But I, I don't know. I was trying to think about it. I was actually like, how do you just swallow your own tongue? Yeah, I have no clue. Like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> <laughs> but either way, it sounds horrific. It it sounds horrible. Um, it sounds yeah, like, nasty. So, like, after that whole scene, like, I, I can't remember exactly if, like, the scene with Buffalo Bill shows up. Because, like, it's like that girl... Who's like jamming to her like songs, and then she like rolls up to her apartment, and then um, the guy's like putting his uh, his couch in his truck. Not even going to lie, like I wouldn't have bothered helping someone. I don't know, like especially if it was at night and I'm by myself, I wouldn't have helped. I would've been like, oh, you're on your own. Why are you waiting until like nine o'clock at night to move a couch outside? Especially when you're like, it looks like you're like injured. When you wait until the day to have friends over to do this, why nine o'clock? So I would have just kind of been like, nope, sorry, I gotta go inside. So, and then I. That makes me wonder though if he would have, if he would have broken into a house if she hadn't helped him. Like, would he, would he have been like, no, you're coming with me? (laughs) But like, well, I don't, I don't think they talked about how the other girls were kidnapped. And so I just assume because like, like, um, I assume because since I think that part was based on like the, um, I guess Ted Bundy, how he would, uh, fake injuries to get people to help him. So I assume Buffalo Bill yeah. did that with all the other people, like all the other women he kidnapped. He just faked the injury. Um, so I don't think he probably would have gone yeah. to her house or broken in. I think he would have been like, dag, missed op- like a missed opportunity. Try again next time. Um, Yeah. But yeah, I wouldn't have helped. I also thought it was just like kind of dumb for her to be like, uh, when he was like, oh, you got to get in the truck and pull it in. I would have been like, no, you get in the truck and pull it in. I'll push from the outside. You know, you go inside. Yeah. Because like, yeah, like you, like in the movie, like she went inside the truck and he just jumped in and like bopped her on the side of the head. And I've been like, see, that's why you stay outside of the truck. I was like, girl, you messed mm. up. Um, but yeah, I also thought it was weird. Yeah. I thought it was weird when um when he like he knocked her out and he like ripped her dress or it was like her shirt and he was just like admiring her back and I was like, ooh. Like, oh no. He was just kinda like, Yes, perf this is the perfect back I need. But also, I'm I'm really glad he did destroy that shirt because that shirt was ugly. <laughs> so, 
like oh. like that shirt like no offense um that sorry Catherine, but that that do no fashion because that's <laughs> awful top <laughs> tan france would never tan france yes <laughs> He'd be like, oh, honey, no. Tan France would... We're going to toss this out. He'd have been like... He would have been like, okay, I, I can see that you like bold choices, um, but let's refine them. Bold <laughs> is not for you, honey. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, poor Catherine. Um, but I liked the scene before. You know, when she went into the... It was like just before... Because uh, she went to see Hannibal a second time, but she went to the um, garage and found the head. Oh, yeah. 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 I love that scene. I, I've always wanted to go into that particular garage. Like, I hope they still have the set somewhere because I really would love to go see it. Because I bet it has, even though you might not see it on the screen, I bet there was someone who did like little little touches everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I bet someone thought, oh, but if someone does see the rest of, like, if they pause it and lighten up the, the, the shot or something and they can see everything, it would be quite, like, I can imagine someone being very nitpicky and putting things into their right places. I would love to go and see that set. Mm-hmm. I would definitely love to go see it. Um, but I love that scene. But I just love how she climbs underneath that door and she just goes into that car and when she sees the head, I think I would have reacted the same way as her. I think I wouldn't scream. I would just be like, whoa, okay, there's a head <laughs> in a jar. I would have been like, oh my god. Like I, like, I wouldn't have said any, like, screamed either. I was probably just, like, very quietly being like, oh my god, like, there's a there's a head in here. And then, like, I would, then I would, like, looked at it like, oh, Jonah, shoot. Better call the police. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like, oh, shoot. And then she would have been like, she would have been like, damn, I am the police. <laughs> like, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm the police. <laughs> but yeah, no, it would, yeah, like, um, I'm blanking on, like, the whole entire of that, like, garage. But, um, it would be, like, I don't know, I can't remember how long they kind of, like, like panned over that whole like room but um i it would be nice to like if they had took like a picture and is like like if it's somewhere online and you can like carefully look through through the pictures of that room to see what else was in there Mm -hmm. um Hmm. who so like the head if um the the head belonged to was it a guy that Buffalo Bill was seeing? Yeah, uh, Benjamin Rashbell. Oh, okay. Okay, yeah. I was like, make sure, like, I was like, did I remember he, that correctly? He was in a relationship with Buffalo Bill, yeah. And then, apparently, well, this kind of goes later on into the film, but he he, he gets a bit scared of, of um, Buffalo Bill. Oh, okay. Um, and then he just turns up dead. So, Hannibal kind of thinks that Buffalo Bill did it. So, but yeah, so I love that. I love that scene. And then I love how she just runs to the to the in- asylum and she just sees Hannibal again. And I like the fact they're both sitting on the floor. I don't know why I love that. I just love it. It's like almost like they see each other as equals now. Like they're both at the same level. It's just, I don't know. I just, I like it. <laughs> I, I like it a lot. Um, and 
and that he gave her a clean towel. I was like, at least he gave her a clean towel. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's very polite. Yeah. But it, what always makes me laugh is um, when the lights go back on, he, he just goes, thank you, Barney. <laughs> <laughs> just, like, Barney is just sat there going, oh, shit, he's talking to Clarice, but... Dr. Chilton wants me to torment him. I don't want to torment Hannibal. He's my bestie. I'm going to turn on the lights, though. And then he turns them on, and Hannibal's just like... (sighs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Barney. Um, (laughs) But, so... This... Because I messaged you right when I heard this... I didn't know. I'm probably skipping ahead, but like I feel like it's this is next. But like, um, the it rubs the lo- the lotion on its skin, or else it gets the hose again. I didn't know that that was from this all this time. I've heard. I, I, know, I remember. Like all this time, I I've heard that quote. Like I've never saw the memes for it, but I've heard it like said by other people, and I never knew it was from this movie. And, like, I don't know, I was, like, so, like, well, not mind-blown, but I was just, like, oh, my God, th- this is where it's from? Like, I was, like, whoa. <laughs> I remember I was talking to my mom, because she's she's super interested in this, like, podcast, by the way. She's, like, so what are you watching this week? <laughs> um, but she... <laughs> And I was like, oh, we're doing Science of the Lambs. And she was like, oh, that's great. And I was like, Mum, Marie Marie doesn't didn't know that that's where this line came from. And she was like, she didn't know? Like, she looked really concerned. Like, she didn't know? <laughs> like, this whole time I didn't. I thought it, I, I honestly don't even know where I thought it was from. I just kept hearing it. And then I was like, it's from this. All right. <laughs> Yeah, that. Oh god, it's funny because you kept like going, "Yo, this guy!" <laughs> like he's the one that said it. He's the dude. He's the guy. <laughs> but yeah, um, um, I'm am- I'm amazed. But that-, that is slightly. That is. Go ahead. Hmm? I was like, go ahead. Oh no, it's- I was just saying that was slightly ahead, but you can carry on. Oh, I also was about to say. I said, I'm just amazed at this man, like dug a whole like huge pit in his basement like he didn't get no (laughs) professionals to come in and help him he did it himself i was like good lord like because this thing was deep and then because then also he had like um like it was stone like surrounding it and everything i'm like yo this man put in the work to make this pit without no help because i feel like it would have been really weird if he called in professionals and like listen I want a I want a hole in my basement about like you know ten to fifteen feet high, surrounded in stone. Make it where it isn't possible to get out. Because then they're probably been like, "Yo, what, what you doing in your basement?" And it's like, "Oh, nothing. Just just decorating." <laughs> I want I want to build I don't know a well in my basement in case things happen where we have no water or something. So that's what it's for. Or something. But yeah, like, I was like, this man put in all the work to make this big old pit in his basement. Dedication. Yeah, he, he did go through a lot of work. <laughs> Dedication. You've got to at least give it to him. He he was dedicated to his, his craft. Um. 
but yeah, I just want to go slightly backwards a little bit. Um, where they go to Virginia, mm. and they go and look at the body of Fran Francesca. Oh, I can't say name. Francesca Bimmel. Is it? Oh is it yeah. Francesca? I think it is Francesca. Yeah, Francesca Bimmel. Um, and uh, my favorite bit is when she kind. They're in the actual autopsy room. And they're, all the cops are in there for some reason. Like, everyone is in there. <laughs> so we don't... I don't think we need this many and people Craw- and, here. And Crawford is just on the phone, just, like, trying to fax something. He's just like, can you send it to this address? Like, can you... Hello? Hello? And Clarice is just like, no wonder you can't fucking hear anyone, Jack. Look how many people... They're having coffee around a body. <laughs> Like, like um, she's just there, like it's like contamination the, God, God, of the body. Like I'm pretty sure like, you're not supposed to have a coffee. coffee. Yeah. I don't think you're actually allowed to bring any. You're not. Yeah, I was saying. I was, I'm pretty sure any, you're not you're supposed not allowed, to. Yeah. Because first of all, I mean, I don't know. So like, um, I like I told you before. Like I went to like a medical examiner's place for a class, mm. and um. We had to, when we got there, they told us that we had to, uh, we had to put on those, like, uh, nurse robes. Like, we had to wear, like, a robe mm-hmm. kind of thing. Scrubs. We had to put booties on our our shoes. We had to wear a hair cap and gloves mm-hmm. before we went in. Mm-hmm. And, like, to see, like, that mm-hmm. scene where they're, like, looking at a body and, like, no one had any covering on them and stuff. But, um, yeah, like, you're, like, when yeah. we went in, like, you couldn't bring any food, no water, and then, like, see, they are, like, chilling with coffee and donuts around a body and stuff. It's like, you ain't supposed to be in here with it. I don't think it, that many people supposed to be in here doing this. Like, you know, you know, like, yeah. be, be considerate the- of the person that we're about to examine. Like, you're all in here having, like, a, like, a meetup talking about probably like your wives and kids or whatever and there's like a lady dead on a table in front of you and y'all like chilling yeah just like so my wife hillary oh, hey, uh, it's like oh you you about to reveal the body okay shoot let, let, okay let's watch i know but i love that clarice is i love that clarice was just like this is bullshit and then she was just like can everyone just leave Thank you for doing your bit and everything, but um, we don't need I felt you like anymore. She really wanted to say, "Can you, can you take your fucking coffee outside? Like, <laughs> can you just <laughs> leave? Can you just leave, please?" <laughs> I love that. I love the actual autopsy scene, though, where they uh, she's like talking into the dictaphone, mm-hmm. and she's just like, and then as soon as they like, she turns around, she just goes bill like they can just tell straight away it's it's bill uh buffalo bill's work and i just i just love that bit because she's just like because i suppose she before she was just reading about it like everyone else she was just reading about it she didn't really know anything about the case and she might have seen the odd photo of the victims and stuff like that but i feel like at that moment it was very real to her that this is a victim of buffalo buffalo bill uh Mm. And I just love that realization on her face, like, Bill, this is Bill's work. This is him. Um, I just love that bit. I, 
I love a lot of bits in this film, but that is probably one of my favourite bits. It's just like her just going, shit. <laughs> like, this is Bill. He mm. did this. Uh, but I love the cocoon bit. I like when they pull out the cocoon out of her, in her mouth. Um, that little bit of breath. Like the little... Mm-hmm. At the end. I like how... I just love that bit. Because... No, I was about to say, I like how, like, she was, like, the first one to notice. She was like, oh, there's something in her mouth. And they're like, oh, it's probably just something, you know, from when she was in the water. And she's like, no. Like, look. And, like, they look. And they're like, oh, this is not seen around here. And she's just like, oh, find out what it is. Like... Well, well yeah... And then she goes to those guys, doesn't she? She goes when they're yeah. playing chess with like insects. I like how she was like chill with them. She was like, "Are you flirting with me?" He's like, "Yes." And so she was like all like chill. <laughs> I just love the line. Do you like burgers and an amusing house wine? And I was like, "Yes, I do." <laughs> oh my! I love burgers and an amusing house wine. You can ask me out any time. <laughs> Here's a tip for guys. Every woman likes burgers and an amusing housewife. Some bacon cheeseburgers. Oh, if it oh, if it's a bacon cheese, I'll marry you. <laughs> The ways to our heart a bacon cheeseburger and wine. <laughs> you know, like, um, but when they they turn her, like, just quickly going back to the scene where they, they do the autopsy, I remember when I first watched this, and obviously they turn her over, and they she's got the diamond bits on her back. Yeah, I knew instantly, even like twelve years old, that that was a pattern for a jacket. I just, like, I, I was didn't... like, that's a pattern that you use for for sewing that's what you what you use yeah like when i saw it i was like i like i knew it was like a pattern for like you know for sewing but i was like i didn't know it was for like a jacket or whatever i just like oh it's parts of like his suit that he's making you know yeah and i was thinking why doesn't a bunch of 30 year old plus year olds know that (laughs) why don't why don't these fbi agents see that and just go do you think that's for clothes? What? Do you, do you think that that is for the clothes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, nah. But I not. also like that when, but I like the fact that when when she was in the car with him at the end, you know, when they were like driving back, and then Crawford's like, oh, it really annoyed you when I said we should talk in private and discluded you, and he goes, oh, it's don't worry, darling, you know, it, it happens all the time, and she was like, it matters, like. Because they see Crawford as, like, a higher up. They respect him. It it matters when he discludes someone um, out of a conversation. And when she said, it matters, I was like, yes, Queen, go off. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Queen. Like, like other people are watching that you're, you know, not including me, so. Yeah, and then they won't include me later on sort of thing. Because they saw you do um, it. Yeah. But the Death Heads moth reveal i love that bit like when he goes was it achiodius sticks or something the death's head moth and i thought they'd made up the moth before mm-hmm. i thought it was just a fake moth 
And when I found out it was a real moth, I was like, guess what tattoo I'll get? <laughs> Your silence like, of the lambs tattoo. It's still in my... It, oh, yeah, I am definitely getting a death's head moth on, on somewhere on my body one day. Definitely gonna get one. Um, I feel like every time I bring something up, I'm, like, skipping, like, way ahead. Because I can't remember certain, like, when certain things happen. Because I was about to be like, so that pen... That pin. Oh, that's that's a little bit later on, but like, um, I like it when uh, uh, what wh- they did the quid pro quo um scene. Oh, well, when she asked like the asked a question time. and he asked one about her. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I that's God, that's still probably one of my f- just oh, I just love it when he goes quid pro quo, Clarice. <laughs> you an old Jackie boy can't wait much longer. Quid pro quo? Yes or no? Oh yes or no, Clarice. Oh. <laughs> yes or no. Clarice. I like I said. I just really like liked his voice in this movie. Yeah, can you believe in real life he's Welsh? No, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. He's, he's not American. I'm not he's okay. Welsh. So like, I don't think I'm familiar with a lot of his films because like, I don't know why. Like, I've seen he's Odin and Thor, right? Yeah. See, like that's the only movie I can think of besides Silence of the Lambs and Thor. Like, I can't remember any other movie i've seen with him in it and so i'm not that familiar with him i believe anthony hopkins was quite he did things when he was younger but he wasn't like a big actor when he was younger it was when he was a bit older he came became a bit more famous oh okay like um i think because he did other just i think he did like two films i think he did a film with um an English actress called Emma Thompson before Silence of the Lambs and that got him kind of famous in England because Emma Thompson is like a a famous actress in England Um, and so he did that film and then he got famous here and then obviously got a bit more famous in America Uh, but he was much older I think I I believe in in Silence of the Lambs he was easily in his his late 50s um, and that's when he won his first Oscar uh, which is, I believe it, it breaks the record for winning the Oscar for the least amount of screen time. Because he was only on the screen for up to 20 minutes in total, in the whole film. So uh, he won the Oscar and he was just like, wow, that was a good 20 minute work. <laughs> like, he was just like... Because <laughs> he was like in the film for like 20 minutes, like 25 minutes total or something. And he was just like... Well, <laughs> I'm just I'm just that good. I'm just that good. Um, but no, I lo- I love the quid pro quo queen, uh, scene. Uh, but I just love the fact that like you then it's literally that bit of the the like not so long long later where Doctor Chilton kind of goes to him like you think you're still gonna go to this island? There's no such thing as this island. Um. And then that's the pen thing that you were talking about. Yeah, no. So, like, I, I, I mean, and now I feel like I realize what happened. Because, like, I was... Because, like, I, I thought that they brought him into a different room. And that they were talking to him there. But I think they actually were talking to him in his room. Like, his cell. And so, they yeah. probably... So, I... So, yeah. Like, after I realized, like, oh, it's his cell that they're in. That um, he, he left his pen in his cell and didn't remember it so that's how he got it because like for a good while i was like yo how did this man get this pen 
I was like, because he was like strapped up. And like, if he was in a different room, how did he like, you know, get out of the straps, grab the pen and then strap himself back up? Um, and then you said you thought that uh, Barney had gave it to him because they were like chill. But um, but now I just realized that they were in the same room and he just forgot the pen in the in on the cot. And that's how he got it. Yeah. And but then I was like, yo, this man held this pen piece in his mouth for like ever. Cause like he cause they transport yeah. after they talked to him, they transported him to like what like a different state or something? Or like Tennessee. Yeah. yeah, and so I was like, this man held this pen piece in his mouth for like a good like however long I probably like a day or something. Or like well not like he didn't leave his mouth, like clearly he put it in his mouth when they were like coming to get him. But, like, still, that's hours just, like, chilling in his mouth. And then, you know, then they put, they transport him to, like, that makeshift cell that they made for him. And then that's when he, like, popped it out. And I was like, yo, this man, this man's wild. <laughs> but, um. Yeah. My... I love that scene, though, when he's at the airport. He's at the airport with, um, you know, speaking to the sen- uh, senator, mm-hmm. um, uh, Catherine's mom. And, uh. He was like, did you breastfeed her? And everyone's just like, oh. Like, oh <laughs> you how, don't say that. He was like, how you dare know, you, you ask her that question? You don't say that to someone. But then he was like, toughened your nipples, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but I like it when he goes up, but you know, when you amputate a man's leg, he can still feel it like tickling. He goes, when you find Catherine dead on a slab, where will it tickle you? And I was like, Oh, Hannibal. <laughs> Hannibal. It's like, yo. That is too real. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> and then he was like, but Senator, one more thing. And she turns around and goes, love the suit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. I just really, love the suit. I really... And I was just like. I just, <laughs> I just can't give get over his voice. I really liked how he talked in this movie. <laughs> oh my goodness! But um, but yeah. After that, that uh, Clarice came in and talked to him again. You know, brought her. Yeah. So he, she like brought him like his drawings and everything. Yeah, and then they had the conversation about the lambs, which is obviously then the title of the the book the silence mm-hmm. of the lambs um i love that scene i love it when he goes people will think we're in love <laughs> you keep showing and up and she was just like she was just like shut up <laughs> like you could just tell in her face she was just like shut up <laughs> like just like stop being an asshole for 5 minutes <laughs> and i'm here for work Please, can we, can we just talk? Um, I love it when uh, when he was like, we begin to cover it by what we see every day. And I was like, damn, like spitting psychological facts on us, Hannibal. Like, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, because um, was she like, yeah, she never really went into detail. Like, cause she said she like ran away and she never really at first said like what made her run away. And then. Um, then she, like, explained it there, saying, like, yeah, like, I, like, heard screaming, and I went to the barn, and, like, it was, like, who, like, uh, was it her uncle she was saying, her uncle and aunt she was saying with? It was our uncle, yeah. And she was saying that he was, like, I guess, 
killing the lambs in the barn mm-hmm. and she was just like oh and like took one and just like left mm-hmm. and then but like out of like shouldn't it, like i feel like cause since it's a farm like clearly he was doing it because food i feel like yeah so like she should have known but she was a kid you gotta, i like i but she was a kid i suppose i i get that like also i feel like like you i feel like that would have been something like they would have told her like hey we kill animals here for food so like i mean maybe they didn't maybe they didn't tell her but like i feel like that would be something you would tell a kid like when you bring them on the farm like hey like don't play around with these animals or like whatever because like we use those we kill them for food so like don't go into the barn because there's like stuff you shouldn't be seeing or like touching and like she just like got up in the middle of the night and was like, I'm taking you and we, we, we getting out of here. And hmm. then like he got mad yeah. that she like ran and like sent her away or whatever. Yeah, sent her to an orphanage. But um, yeah, I I can understand maybe from a kid's point of view, they hear screaming in the middle of the night. And, and if, I don't know if you've ever heard a lamb scream. It is horrific. Like it is a horrible noise. Um, so I can get that she got scared and just kind of maybe wanted to save one and mm-hmm. maybe thought, you know, but then also you've got to remember, she just lost her dad. That's so she's true. probably really, really vulnerable mentally. So she's probably just thinking, oh man, if I can just save one, one lamb, then, you know, I'll, I'll feel better maybe. Yeah. I yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um but then obviously she gets taken away and, and. Uh, you know out of the from Hannibal like Chilton finds her and she gets taken away and I like it when he gives her the case file he touches her for the first time yeah it was like the little caressing of her hand yeah like yeah and I was thinking god he's probably not actually touched anyone in years to be fair like not properly like you can imagine that he did that because he wanted to know what she felt like maybe even though that is creepy. That is really creepy. But, like, you can just tell he was just like, oh, so that's what she felt like. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) But um, But I also think it was, like, an intimate... I think it was also, like, an intimate thing. I think he was doing it out of, like, maybe some sort of form of intimacy. But also maybe just to fuck her up in the head. Maybe. Mm. Probably just to fuck her up in the head. Because didn't she, like, give him a look, I guess, after... He did that, did she? Yeah, she kind of grabbed the case file and you can tell that she knew that he did it, I think. But then she was just pulled away. Mm-hmm. So, that wasn't, you know. But yeah, so, I love that the, the next scene is just pretty much that he's just listening to classical music. That scene. Before he goes and kills it. That whole scene, like, from start to finish was, like, my favourite scene of the movie. Like, I... I was it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, no, that scene. So like from the from the start when he was playing the music and he was like kind of all chill and then the cops come in with his food and they're like, oh, you know, the rules like you got to sit down. We, um, you know, we handcuff you to the bars. We bring in your food and then uncuff you. That's it. And you can eat. And so like he just slips out the little pin piece, puts in his hand he sits down and they cuff him and then the cop comes in 
and he's like, N "Don't put it on my drawings." And, he, and at least, like, look, I feel like, I feel like in like most like these cop shows or movies, they'll like if like the person like the um the criminal is like, "Oh, don't do this." I feel like out of spite, they'll do it anyway. But like the cop was like nice enough, be like, "Oh, I got you," you know, moved his drawings out the way. Yeah, that always upset me. Like Pembury, uh, Boyle and Pembury were always just like they were just nice people, and mm. they were just the wrong cops at the wrong yeah, time. Yeah, like they were. I don't think, I don't, I don't think Lecter hated them in any way, but he needed to escape. Yeah, but like he like so was nice. Just... Put the food, you know, moved his drawings away. Put the food on the went to, went to put the food on the table. That's when he got like knocked out. Um. And it was I like how the, like the other cop was just kind of like slow reaction was like oh, oh and stuff and then like by that time like Hannibal was already up and like he like sprayed him with like pepper spray um and then he started like I think he I bit his cheek. he like oh yeah he that's right he bit his cheek and then pepper sprayed him and then that's when he started like beating him uh and then he went to the other cop and beat him and then. This is like like right here is also like this is a sort of like my favorite part too. Like they hear the gunshots and they're like, Oh, we gotta send back up like upstairs and they get upstairs and the guy's just like cut open, <laughs> hanging in front of the cell, and I'm like, yo. Like that view. And then they see the other cop on the ground. And I like part of me, like when I first saw that part, part of me like kind of felt like but what if it's Hannibal laying on the ground and not um, not the cop? But then I'm like, well, they're looking at him, like, up close, kind of. And, like, his face is all, like, banged up. And they're looking at him, like, all close. So I'm like, oh, maybe, like, I don't know how Hannibal would convince them that it's him. That it's, like, the cop and not him. And, like, I don't know why my mind didn't go to, yo, this man cut the other guy's face off put it like his face on on his like it didn't cross my mind that he did that but i was just trying to figure out I'm like how does man like convince the other cops that he's the cop or one of the cops and um and so like yeah they like you know they're like yo he's alive you know we gotta get him to the hospital and they put him on like the um the stretcher bring him downstairs and they're like yo there's they're like realize blood is coming from the roof of the elevator and they're yeah, like yeah, that bit makes me wonder though. Do you think that because um, obviously it was Hannibal as Pembury, but do you think that Hannibal meant them to take as long as they did? Like, do you think he was like, "Oh, they'll get me out pretty quickly, and they won't see the blood um, <laughs> until much later on"? I feel like he probably didn't. I, it's, it's he probably didn't know it would drip through the ceiling. He probably just assumed it would take him a while to find it, but like the it dripped through the ceiling so he's like oh crap but um I, I feel like it's because like they thought they thought the person on the stretcher was a cop and like he's like really badly injured they're like we can't just kind of sit around and investigate who's on the on the roof of the elevator and also have him chilling like sitting here so like he probably knew like yeah. they're going to get me out of here like as soon like as soon as possible and so because they think I'm the yeah. injured cop but, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, no, like they like go up to like the second floor and they're looking down and they're like, yo, like Hannibal, like, you, you good? And he doesn't say anything and they like shoot him in the leg and they're like, oh snap, like 
maybe he's dead. Like, because he didn't react. And so, by the time they open the elevator door, like, the roof, um, the door on the roof to see, like, you know, help him down, um, they already loaded the cop, like, in the ambulance. And, like, I, like, was, I flipped out at this part, like, when he sat up and pulled the face off his face, (laughs) I was like, oh, I was like, this chef's kiss this is like the best scene oh my god like i was so pumped for that scene i was like why did i not think that this man because like he also had because like also remember he had the knife in the scene when he was leaving the cell because when the one cop went to run away and he had the knife i was like why didn't it click that maybe he cut this man's face off but like it was i was like mind blown i was like this is the best scene in this entire movie, I thought, like, I was so mm-hmm. pumped for that scene. <laughs> I liked it because when he picked up the, the switchblade, I thought, because um, you could hear Pembury in the background going, like, breathing really hard and obviously trying to obviously crawl away or something. Um, but when he was like, oh, ready when you are Sergeant Pembury or ready when you are Sergeant Prembrae. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I thought what he was going to do is just quickly kill Pembrae and then do what he did to Boyle. Um, and that was it. I didn't think, I didn't think, because obviously he needed the knife to do what he did to Boyle's stomach. He mm-hmm. needed to do, he needed that. But what I didn't realise at the time was, like you, I didn't think, oh, he's going to cut off his face. I thought he's going to use the knife to kill Pembrae He's going to use the knife to do what he did to Boyle. And that was it when I first watched it. And then when he did that reveal in the ambulance, I was like, oh my God. Mm. I like you. When I first watched it, I was like, this is so cool. Yeah, like <laughs> so chef's cool. kiss. Like, this good so Lord, the scene is so good. Oh, such, so, so good. So good. Uh, I, yeah, I just... I feel sorry for the guy who had to open the hatch, though, to the elevator. Because he, he got the full frontal view of a faceless oh, guy. Oh, yeah. I didn't if think you, about that. Think. Oh, my goodness. Like, could you imagine you opened the hatch? No matter what training you probably got, you'd probably be like, holy shit. <laughs> Screaming, like, oh, backing Fuck. up. Like, you're like, oh, my God. Like, damn, girl. <laughs> damn. <laughs> Oh man! Like oh, I felt sorry. I always feel sorry for that guy because he's just he's just there trying to do his job, and he's like, okay, I'll pull down the hatch. Oh my god! <laughs> like whoo! Uh, but then at least I, I like it when the the friend of uh, I keep forgetting her name. I can't remember her name, but the friend of Clarice at the mm. um, FBI trainee camp kind of place. She goes to him. Goes to Clarice and, and goes, you know, like, obviously this has happened with Lecter and he did what he did to get escape and he's probably anywhere by now. Um, I really liked it that Clarice was just like, well, he won't come after me because he'll think that's rude. Yeah, like, I didn't think... think that's quite rude of to think to do. Yeah, I didn't think he would come after her, to be honest. Because um, I feel like they had, yeah, like, he has a... no reason to. Yeah, I was like, I, I felt like he, they had, like, a... I guess, like, nice interactions between each other that, like, I don't think he'd be like, I'm going to come after you now. Um, 
So I just figured he was like kind of either I I thought either he would just kind of watch her from afar or he will just like do his own thing and kind of dip out of the area. Um. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I liked I liked that they sat there and and they went through the case file and Clarice obviously came to the realization that. Bill Buffalo Bill knew Francesca Bimble and uh, oh no, it's Federica Bimble. Sorry, it's not Francesca Bimble. It's Federica Bimble. I think. Yeah, it's I, Federica Bimble. Yeah, I was like, I Francesca can't remember Bimble. the name. Um, it's Feder. I've seen this film so many times, and I keep thinking it's Francesca Bimble. No, it's Federica Bimble. Um, and it, she's like, ah, oh, he must have known her, right? He must have known who she is and then she goes to see the house and realises about the suit thing um, that he must be making a suit out of the women mm-hmm. um, and I just love that then and there like Jack's like don't worry like it, it's it's we, we found him we found where he lives and Clarice is like oh great um, thing but did you notice in that scene where Jack Crawford's on a plane he's ha- being handed a picture and in the picture, it's a completely different guy. Yeah, I was like, so oh. in that moment, I'm just like, I was like, they've got the wrong guy. Yeah, I saw <laughs> that too. I was guy. like, oh, they're going completely like different plate. Like it's not the person that they're you know looking for. I was like, ooh, yeah, yeah. No, I it's, noticed it's that. Not the right guy, guys. Oh, I love that bit. I was. I remember first watching that, and I was just like, oh, they've got the wrong guy. <laughs> I saw like I don't like she her going to his house like Buffalo Bill's house by herself I was like I feel like I would have told someone where I was going well at the at the time I think she thought that it was um the couple that owned the sewing shop I don't I still would have said like where I was going girl that she was well yeah you you would have said you would have told someone um but at the same time, I suppose she just thought she was doing a routine checkup. Mm-hmm. Like because she's been told that they found him. Mm-hmm. She's been told that she they found him. So to her, it's like, oh right, well I'll just tie up some loose ends and and ask people some questions about Federica. Um, but as soon as I think as soon as I he opened the door. I would have been like, I want to ask you some questions, but I'm just gonna let someone know that where I am. So if you could get ready to be um to to be asked some questions, that'd be wonderful. And then I would have told someone. But I think it was if it was just like an old couple, like I think she was expecting them to be because they owned mm. the the sewing shop. Um, I I don't think she would have. But I I feel like if I saw suddenly there's someone there who obviously doesn't fit the description of the owners of the house. I would have been like, I want to ask you some questions, but like, just one sec. I'm just going to let someone know I'm here. Sort of yeah, I would have been like, hold that thought. I'm... <laughs> like, hold that thought. Be right back. And like, hold, hold that thought. Mm-hmm. Be right back. Be right back. But I like when she's in the place, she sees the moth. And then the realization. Do you rem- and she's like, can I use your phone, please? <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's just like, and he's just like, <laughs> yeah, sure, you can use my phone. And I was like, why would you laugh at that bit? Why would... If you didn't think also that she must have seen the moth, 
and she must have realized, but he was looking at some cards or something. You would have thought he would have been like, yeah, yeah, sure, you can use my phone. Why did, why was he like, hey, 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 yeah, sure, you can use my phone. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> okay, chuckler, like, what do you want? <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, I love that whole last scene where she's like, she like takes off her coat and she's just like, oh, when she was running after him, some bitches. <laughs> yeah, she like she's like hold strips up, strips off that massive coat. Mm, like hold on, let, let me let me get situated first. <laughs> yeah, and I like how it kind of connects to like an earlier scene where you know like she's prat doing her FBI stuff like at the school mm-hmm. and they go into that room and she's like they pretend to be arresting someone and there's someone in the corner. Um, and they're like, where's your danger area? And then she's like, the corner. And you're like, well, did you check the corner? And she goes, no. And he goes, that's why you're dead. I like that then she like checks every fucking corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she's, she's just she's just like, oh, where's the corners? Where's the corners? I gotta get every corner. I gotta go check everything. Catherine Martin? <laughs> when she finds Catherine. And she's like, no, get me out of here, you bitch. Like, listen, like, Lee, I, there's a killer running around this house. I can't help you up and watch my back with this killer running around. Like, you don't have to wait. Like, I know you want to leave because you've been through some stuff. But you got to give me, like, five minutes. And can we talk about how creepy he is just following her with a night vision? Yeah, he turned all the lights off. Yeah, and he was just, like, slowly, like, kind of creeping behind her as she like she's like freaking out because she can't see anything and he's just chilling there and he's like reaching at her too like grabbing Mm. at her but like he didn't touch her though i feel like i would have felt that like if someone's Mm. like reaching at me but they don't touch me i feel like i would like feel the presence of their hand near me yeah because first of all you would have sweaty palms in that situation so even if you were just like grazing your hands you would have felt like some like little fingers going yeah. at your hair like you would have felt something and you would have been like no <laughs> run away mm. also i don't know like he like but then he like he lo- doesn't he then load the gun and then that's when she hears the gun yeah that's what i'm saying i said i felt like he was like cuz he was like toying with her because like since she couldn't see but i was like why are you taking your time like just go ahead and boom like stop following her that's what like that's why you like got caught because you were messing around Mm, but yeah she but then that's also a very serial killer that's a very serial killer thing toying with their prey sort of thing it's it's a very typical thing that a serial killer does i feel um they're just like i'm gonna play with them mm-hmm. a little bit <laughs> but yeah like but yeah I, I love it when she when she finally kills him and uh she shoots the window mm-hmm. and it obviously kind of breaks the window and there's that little um wind turbine like the little wind chime thing mm-hmm. with the butterflies on it and i thought god that's symbolism though that's symbolism because <laughs> they were just like uh, look at the free butterfly. Look at the free butterfly of your soul. It's like you couldn't be any more obvious what you were trying to get with that shot. <laughs> you couldn't be any more obvious. <laughs> like, look at the butterflies swirling in the breeze. They are free. They're free. <laughs> I also thought in that scene, um, because I thought that 
he that Hannibal wasn't going to come after her but I thought that he was like watching her I thought I kind of thought that he was going to come in but you know like now thinking about it I feel like it's probably like it doesn't fit him to come in and probably like save her no so I was like never mind no that idea is out the window Um, but yeah and I I just love the end I just love the ending bit where she's obviously graduated mm -hmm. and um by the way that cake I want cake that cake from the ceremony that cake looked fucking good like that cake looked good I want cake like I bet when they like oh man that cake looks so nice what was it like strawberry and vanilla? And I was like, oh damn, I want that. <laughs> I want that cake. But then when she's then she's on the phone and he's like, So Clarice, have the lambs stop screaming. <laughs> Not like a hello, how are you? You alright? <laughs> it's like have the lambs stop Just, screaming. Yeah. <laughs> Not like, hello, how are you? It's like, so have those lambs stop screaming. <laughs> Alright, creepo. Like, Jesus. <laughs> Say hi first. <laughs> like... And then he ends the call uh, going after that the um, the doctor. Dr. Chilton. I was like, yes. Eat him. <laughs> Eat him. I wonder if he eats them with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Oh um, yeah, the movie was a was a ride. That that whole movie was a ride, and now you can see why it's my favorite movie. And now I have to go and watch the other ones. Okay, so I just really quickly want to say about before we go on to the other movies because. We need to watch them, but we need to talk about them. But before that, what would you give the film out of ten? Um, out of ten, uh, I feel like a nine, probably nine, nine, ten. I mean, I thought yeah. it was a really like well done movie. Like I, there was never a part where yeah. I didn't like. Um, I never was bored with it. Um, yeah. So I, I nine, ten for me. You're like twenty. Yeah. I, okay. <laughs> it, I'm like, give it a twenty. It's my, it's a. Mwah, chef's kiss. It's, it's my favorite movie of all time. Uh, like I, I can't express enough how much I love this movie, which is why I was so mad about the second movie, which is Hannibal. I'll watch that one day. You know when they say like obviously. Just you know when they like obviously there's an Oscar movie like it's it's and then they make a sequel and people are like I wonder if it's gonna be as good as the first one no and it never is yeah. this is that kind of movie where it was just so bad it was just, it was so bad first of all Jodie Foster doesn't come back for Clarice she doesn't she doesn't reprise the role as Clarice um. Because she doesn't, she didn't like what happens in the book. Oh. So I won't go into too much spoilers about the book or the film because we'll probably will maybe talk about it one day. But to put it this way, the book is so out of character for Clarice that no wonder Jodie Foster, who loved Clarice, she was saying that I love that character so much. Why Thomas Harris did that to her, I do not know. They changed it a lot for the film. They didn't do the same ending. 
in the film as they did in the book. But even then, the film was just so bad. Julian Moore did really well as Clarice, but it was just the film itself was just really, really bad. Um, if you are going to watch the whole series, how I would watch the series is watch Hannibal Rising, which is about Hannibal as he, when he's a teenager, um, then watch Red Dragon, then watch Silence of the Lambs, and then watch Hannibal. Oh, so you've kind of watched it out of order, which is, is fine. You can still watch it that way. I'm just saying for people who may have never watched the film series like you, um, definitely watch Hannibal Rising first, then then um, Red Dragon, Silence of the Lambs, and, and then then Hannibal. Um, just bear in mind that Hannibal is god-awful and um, should be burnt. <laughs> it's just so bad. <laughs> So um, should we talk about the interesting facts that we found related to the film, outside of the film? Um, yeah. Um, like, I was just going to, like, I guess mention, like, the the serial killers are based on um, Buffalo Bill. Um, I didn't really go, like, too into detail, like, of looking them up. I just kind of, like, looked up, like, kind of what they did, and then that was it. But, like, it said mm. that I'm a, I'm, I'm going to be terrible, probably, like, pronouncing some of their names but like yeah like I've I found like one guy um his name was like Jerry Brudos um I read that like he had like strangled his victims and then he dressed up in their clothes mm -hmm. and I think he had them wear the clothes too um and he would like take pictures of them and then he would keep their shoes so like he oh, had yeah. like an obsession for shoes like women's shoes mm -hmm. in particular um mm -hmm. Yeah, he's an interesting duck. Um, if anyone is really interested in in serial killers, a really good series that you should watch is Mindhunter, and that's on Netflix. It's got two series to it, and it is about um, how Johnny Douglas, um, an FBI agent, uh, and alongside um, other people in his team, I can't remember the guy who also helped him with this, but together they. Um, coined the uh coined the the term serial killer and they went and interviewed all of these serial killers who at the time were just seen as killers and um went into the psychology um and tried to figure out why these people do what they do to the, the specific groups that they kill and um in that they talked to they talked to Bruce um and uh, Johnny Douglas's character, who in the series is called Holden, um, he buys him a pair of shoes, <laughs> and he and he masturbates in the shoes. Oh my god! Uh, but no, uh, but that's a really good one if you really want. If anyone listening is really really interested in like serial killers and that, I found that a really interesting uh, series to watch for that particular reason. Um. Uh, what other ones were based on Buffalo Bill? Did you um, find? Uh, is it Ed Gein? Is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Ed Gein. Yeah. So he um had like uh keepsakes of well basically he would go to uh cemeteries and dig up bodies, 
and he would like take he would like use um he would keep like uh bones and skin of the corpse that he dug up and then he would use their skin to create uh female skin suits and masks um and i guess he like i read that he like would use he made them because to uh he wanted to pretend to be like a, a woman um and clearly like you know like so they based him but uh, they based buffalo bill off him because like buffalo bill had like the skin suit in like one scene you could see it like uh i guess on a mannequin or something like it was hanging up and then they said he was an interesting guy he also he also influenced uh texas chainsaw chainsaw massacre which i feel like i know i saw one of them the movie one of those movies i feel like so you know you know leather you know Leatherface. yeah that that was based on Ed Gein. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Um, mm-hmm. They said they also based him off of uh, like Ted Bundy because uh, he would pretend to be injured to um, like to get help from victims that he would like uh, you know end up killing. Um, in which it was like mm-hmm. the scene where he Buffalo Bill was asking for help with the couch. Um, yeah, and then you had Gary Heidnick. Um, he he said that. Well, they said that he kidnapped raped and tortured women and then he would hold them in like hold them in the pit like in his basement um which is obviously a big influence about buffalo yeah because like that's that's where he part of his uh, that's where he kept the senator's uh daughter um and then edmund is it edmund kempner kemp kempner kemp kemper edmund kemper um he killed his grandparents as a teenager um which made me, th- like I said, which made me think that Buffalo Bill killed his, I thought he killed relatives, but, um, you said it was, uh, like a, f- was it like a, f- uh, random couple? It was, it, it, it was hinted that he might have killed the people who owned the house. Mm-hmm. Um, because when, when, when Clarice goes in and she sees all the paperwork there, it's obviously not. Like, nobody would just keep their paperwork there, sort of thing. And people were like, oh, does this... to like?" I think he, the people were asking uh, the director, uh, was that a thing about hinting that he must have killed the, the people who had lived there? And, and he said, yeah, it's a likely possibility that that is what is being hinted in that scene. Um, and he must... He also killed Benjamin Raspell, his, his lover. So that's also a thing... Uh, that in some way relates to to Kemper um, in some way, um, but yeah. Um, and then the last person um, was Gary Rigdway or the Green River Killer. Mm-hmm. Um, they say he dumped women's bodies in rivers and like inserted like objects into their corpse or like I guess their mouth. Um, so like that's like based off the the moth that was found in that one uh, lady's mouth. Um, yeah, and it was also found in uh, Benjamin Raspell's head. I thought that was weird. Like, I don't know, what was his, what was Buffalo Bill's fascination with bugs? Because, like, he had, like, tons of them in his basement. So, it was like Cannibal said when the first quid pro quo scene was around. He said, um, you know, the subject of a moth is change. So, uh, from, you know, when they, when they were, like, born, so, like, lava, mm-hmm. um, to the chrysalis or the pupa, and then um, then they turn into something beautiful. And then that's when he started to talk about how 
Buffalo Bill believes himself to be a, a transsexual uh, because he wants to change and he wants to he wants to become something beautiful and respected and and loved and um, and that's what's that's why he had a fascination with those types of bugs mm, okay because he he saw that they had transcended into something beautiful and powerful and he wanted to turn into something beautiful and powerful okay but instead he killed a bunch of ladies <laughs> and made a skin suit <laughs> I made a skin I made a skin suit yeah but yeah that I love it when um, otherwise like you would think that maybe the film was just not based on anything but then when you actually research it and like you find out that actually, oh, they, they, they based it on this killer and, and and this person. It makes way more sense. Like, the whole film makes way more sense to me when I found that out. Like, certain little aspects, you can tell they didn't want to, like, copy just one killer. They wanted to show the whole spectrum of killers and make it into one sort of... sort of human being who is a murderer and I, I think that's quite a clever thing to do and then I think that's why I enjoyed actually I actually really enjoyed Buffalo Bill in in my own well way because he had so many different layers to him that even though he wasn't on the screen again he wasn't on the screen that for that long and I think also he got nominated for an Oscar as well um I'm not sure if he won the Oscar though but um, which I find really, in but I found that really interesting because he he conveyed that Bill had this multiple layered personality in just maybe twenty twenty thirty minutes of him being on screen, and I think that's just such good acting. The acting in this film is just chef's kiss. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> it's just beautiful. It's just it's just oh, so good. You can tell why it won Oscars. You can really see it. But yeah. So we would both give this film a, a bloody high score. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I feel I feel like this this film will remain like an important film to me for a remainder of my life, I feel. I feel like it would have to take a bloody good film to to replace it um in my head of how good it is. Uh, and I'm I'm finally glad that you watched it and that you actually enjoyed it. It took too long. It's just too long. To... Oh my god, it is raining cats and dogs outside. Woo. Woo. It's like Baltimore rain. But yeah, so I feel like that has covered this film immensely well. I, f I feel like you enjoyed it more, Marie, because um, I had said to you maybe before, like, it isn't about the gore. It isn't about... Um, necessarily the the gory side of it being a thriller, it's actually about the characters and the filming of it than anything else. I wonder if that's why you enjoyed it. Because I, I was worried that because you like monster films and, and, and things like that, I was worried that you wouldn't maybe like it as much as... I, I was just really scared that you wouldn't like oh, it. Oh, no. I'm yeah, I when you told me that it wasn't like much gore, I was like, I, I took that in consideration and I was like, I'm like, so I, like, I just went, cause I, again, I didn't really know, I didn't, also didn't really know what it was about, really, cause I knew it was about, like, Hannibal, but I didn't know, like, the whole plot, so I was like, you know, so, yeah, I, you took that into consideration, and you, and you turned out, did you like it? 
chef's kiss. Well, I feel like that rounds up this uh, this episode of of the podcast. Um, well, thank you all for listening to this episode. We're glad that you came by and and stuck around for another episode. That means a lot to us, and we'll hopefully speak to you next time. Goodbye. Bye.